I guess I guess we can uh, we can start. Sounds good. I uh, it feels if hold on it feels it feels weird. I don't have coffee today, but I'm all like this is fucking Skid Row. Mm. Hey, I'm gonna have a beer. Hell yeah, hell yeah, brother. <laughs> all right, <laughs> let's do this. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to Cranked and Ranked. The show where two blokes, one from the U.S. and one from England, uh, we rank. Uh, I don't know where that comes from that I say England. I think <laughs> I think it's from Austin Powers because at one point the guy goes, "I'm off to London, England." Um, anyway, um, we we rank discographies of bands um, from what we think is the least good to the most good. I mean, that's what a ranking is, right? Um, yeah. but the conversation is more important. And just, just if you're new to this, yes, we go off on a lot of tangents. Um, and it's usually very long winded, a very nice big discussion about whatever artist we are covering. And, uh, as you see on the title this week, it is skid row. Um, the, classic 80s hard rock band it's, it's weird to call them an 80s hard rock band because only one of their albums was in the 80s but you know you, you could argue that the 80s weren't fully over until about 93 94 yeah. at a push like you know yeah. the, the same thing happens with every decade you get a little bit of runoff in the in the early early parts of a decade you know like st- stylistically it's not until you get to like the the th- the three or four mark where where a decade's identity really becomes cemented, you know. I think yeah, I, th- I think you're right. Even the even even though like you know there the people looking back on history like to rewrite it like you know Nirvana came out and overnight everybody lost their jobs and I'm like nah it's not really how it happened. Yeah, <laughs> but like, you know like maybe maybe airplay, but people were still gigging. They didn't see flannel shirts immediately think ah oh, well fuck. We can't do yeah. this anymore. Like, <laughs> yeah, they were. They still put out albums, and we got. I mean, yeah, we'll, we're going to talk about one of those albums. I think was a- after Nevermind came out, or maybe it was before. It might, doesn't matter. We'll, might be we'll just before. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Skid Row. Um, and I'm Old Head, your host as usual, and with me as always, Eddie Sparks. Uh, um, I'm up in here. Yes, he is. He's going to be way up in here, like. He's gonna make your make your your butt hurt. He's gonna be so far in here. Anyway, um, sorry, I don't know what that. I don't really know what that meant. <laughs> got, some ba- um, got some backdoor action. Skid marks on the skid row. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're doing, and we're gonna do. We've decided to just go with the six full length skid row albums. Now, we there are two EPs. That are like, you know, brother EPs and there were supposed to be another one. Um, but uh, yeah, just circumstances, we were just like, it's not necessary. Let's do six. There's six full length albums because um, I feel like with that, we're going to say everything we need to say about Skid Row. Um, and we always start off with uh, where Skid Row came into our lives and for me, like many, many, many other people, it was uh, MTV, um, 1989, 
saw the music video for Youth Gone Wild and 18 in Life and then I Remember You. Um, and I eventually bought the album on cassette, the first album, in like, I was in seventh grade, so it would have been 1990 um, when I bought the first album. And I loved it because I was into that whole, you know, Guns N' Roses and Motley Crue thing and Skid Row kind of fit right in there. They were, you know, I was, you know, at that point I was also really into Anthrax. I was getting into all the shit at the same time, but for some reason the Skid Row album um, really did it for me. And and honestly, even back then, the number one thing for me was Sebastian Bach's vocals. I just remember even back then being like, holy shit, is this guy the best singer in any band? Yeah. Um, (laughs) I loved him. I mean, I've been, and I've been, you know, a fan. uh, Well, I was a fan through the whole, you know, Sebastian Bach era. Um, uh, And then um, they split up and got back together. And I was absolutely not interested at all (laughs) and have (laughs) remained not interested. Um, And, um, and I'm glad that we did this because I was able to go back and actually listen to all of the albums that they've done without Baz and I I now am confident in uh, my opinion on everything so um I won't give anything away but uh um but but you know but but the first thing that probably needs to be said for me is that I am a big fan of that first era of Skid Row hmm. um I mean I got I this is from the I got the box set with all the vinyl oh nice I have I have uh, the first album, an original from 89, but um, it got really annoying trying to find Slave to the Grind, you know, affordably. And I knew and I knew that, you know, I don't think uh, in human, not in human nature, fuck subhuman race. Why did I say it in human nature? That's uh, (laughs) something else in my brain. Um, Subhuman race. I don't think that was ever on vinyl. So I was just like, oh, I'm just going to get this box. It was on sale for pretty cheap on Amazon and I got it. And all the records sound really good. Yeah. Um, 90s vinyl is a bitch sometimes because, you know, vinyl was threatened at the time by the CD format. So, yeah. So the ones that do exist, it's like, oh, look, it's a very good quality copy of Slave to the Grind. Oh, it's only $150. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. but also, but also, I got these. I got these motherfuckers right here. Um, hey! Oh, say, can you scream on VHS and uh, the Roadkill one? Which the Roadkill one's great because it comes with 3D glasses. Oh, nice! Because they're because the video for Psycho Love is uh, is in 3D. Hello. Wow! I'm just gonna wear. I'm gonna wear these for the, all the rest of the um, of the show. Um, but yeah, the, these are both great because they're kind of like the, I don't know if you've seen these before, but they're kind of like the Pantera ones where it's just like on the road debauchery and some music videos and live yeah. performances. It's like that kind of thing. Um, anyway. Me likey. Love that. Weren't they, isn't there like, was that recorded on the same tour that Pantera were doing there? Um, you know, thing because i know skid row appear this this one uh, roadkill um because this the oh say can you scream is on their first album tour and they toured with pantera on uh on um slave to the grind i was gonna say because there's like a scene where they're playing baseball together yeah yeah in a clip i can't remember which one it's off it'll be off of the cowboys one right or or was it was it vulgar Vulgar video video. oh yeah video course because that's that's after um yeah what's it called yeah 
um, um, which we which we also did Pantera. So yeah, Skid Row. Where did Skid Row come into your life, sir? Well, uh, this was a case of um, you know, the Ugly Kid Joe were playing a show in Exeter, and mm-hmm. uh, well, they were supporting Skid Row. So um, my uncle, who I've mentioned many times before, scored us uh, some tickets. So this and was so, so that the concert you're explaining sounds like it could be in the early '90s, but it was not. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. It it was a good show though. They, there's like a there's a whole bootleg of the Ugly Kid Joe gig on YouTube if you want to hear it. Um, cool. But yeah, uh, Skid Row were the other band on the bill, and it was and it was like oh wow. Well, if Skid Row is this band that's like bearing in mind this is very early and me getting into this kind of music. I was only about, like, 14, 15. So, like... My- so, so this would have been them with, with Johnny Solinger or whatever? Yeah, who, who okay. has since, since passed away. Rest in peace. Oh. Um, and I did not know that, actually. Did you not? No. Yeah. I didn't, like, know, I didn't know he died. I that only, sucks. Yeah, I know. I found out a couple of days ago, and I was like, oh, man, that sucks. But, um, but yeah, I remember seeing Ugly Kid Joe, and it was, and it was great. And in order to get, you know, hyped for the other half of the show, I I managed to get Skid Row and Slave to the Grind. Um, and I listened to the absolute fuck out of them. Um, yeah. Because it was like, oh, my God. Every single one of these songs bangs. <laughs> yeah. And it, and it was like, this was before I got into the, the 80s hair metal thing. I was still very much in my grunge... Um, discovery era so this is skid Skid row really um if you exclude the songs from v-rock on vice city this was really like my hair metal awakening so to speak even though you know they're on the harder edged end of that spectrum um yeah i mean i suppose you you could argue that the the debut is pretty much full-blown 80s hair like that yeah the, slave yeah. to the grind is where it tends to get a little bit more eh, well they're they're heavier than that so yeah. uh but yeah I, long story I, short that, that, I, it all yeah. i think it all blends together because like that's why i don't i rarely use the term hair metal i just say 80s hard rock because if you if you don't look at a music video a lot of those bands just sound like heavy hard rock bands yeah um and then that's what skid row sound like um they just didn't tease their hair up so you know it's a yeah. difference it's like uh bands like like if if you played me a Cinderella song i would have mm. thought i would have thought they'd actually look a lot more like tesla did because tesla were you yeah. know, you know, but but you know, of course, Cinderella were were very glam image wise, but they had a harder edge to them. Um, yeah, yeah, we, we did them also many a couple of years ago. I think we did Cinderella. Yeah, that was that was in the in the pre video era. Um, yep. So yeah, it, with that, yeah, I was it, it was coming up for a gig and I wanted to know the songs and I binge listened their first two albums. And then eventually, somewhere down the line, a friend of mine had a bunch of illegally acquired <laughs> MP3s, and he put it all on my <laughs> all on my phone or my iPod at the time. Yeah. Um, and uh, he had the rest of the Skid Row albums. And uh, I guess we'll just dive on in. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we have six full length albums. Yeah. And as usual, Eddie starts us off. So it's perfect transition. What What would you say is the sixth? 
um, the sixth, not not best, <laughs> the, <laughs> the bottom of the barrel Skid Row album. Um, now th- this is a funny one for me because like I was initially thinking, you know, like like I do, I I do a scan of other lists to get like a general consensus. Again, yeah, not that it influences my opinion, but it gives me a frame of reference for whether or not I'm a ruffle some feathers. Um, yeah. Also, sometimes it helps give a different, a different viewpoint on albums, which, which is really all that we do here. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's, I, I've never, we've never ended an episode where I said, all right, well that's, those are the opinions for the rest of eternity for everybody. And I'm just like, no, this is our viewpoint on these albums. Yeah. So I almost feel like it should be, you know, <laughs> like it should be like rotten tomatoes. You take all the rankings and you throw them together and you're like, well, what's the average? Yeah, you know, we're just we're just one of those. We're one we're one point of view for these uh, for these rankings. <laughs> so so after after you know listening to the two of these, um, I had to go for my number six. My number six is Thick Skin from two thousand three. Okay, um, I can I I I, 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 I <laughs> so when I was listening to this album. <laughs> And I kept thinking to myself, I kept just calling it dick skin in my head. <laughs> just because the it's it's a really bad album title. Oh. And then I, I made it better for myself. Just be like, all right, which one am I? I'm, I'm still on dick skin. All right, cool. <laughs> my dick skin. That's fucking funny. All right. Sorry. Okay. Already, already ruining it. Let's, okay. Uh, let's thick skin. Okay. All right, let's let's dive into this. Let's dive into the dick skin. <laughs> uh, okay, we've got uh, New Generation, which literally sounds like Beautiful People by Marilyn Manson meets John Bush era Anthrax. Um, and, you know, had this come out uh, five, six years earlier, it might have done a little better, but, like, by this point... It, this style was already getting played out, and, um, and not not to mention the number of old rock bands doing songs about some new generation. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's like, <laughs> all right. So okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Who did it, and Limp Biscuit did it. You don't need. Well, to. That's, that's that's my generation. That's yeah. like that's that's very different. All right, yeah. so go 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 ahead and talk shit about me and my generation. I don't get me started. You, you, you ever seen the? Uh, you ever seen that episode of um, South Park where Cartman has to sing the rest of um, "I'm Sailing Away" sailing, by yeah. Sticks? Yeah. yeah, he has to sing the whole thing really fast, like because like if he hears it, he can't not hear the rest of it. I feel the same way about pretty much any Limp Biscuit song. So the moment I start, so I just yeah. kind of go, "If only we could fly." <laughs> John Otto, John Otto. <laughs> take, take him to the, the Matthews Bridge. Yeah, no, because that, that it'll be it'll All be right. two hours of that. My generation. We already did Limp Biscuit a while ago. Get the fuck up! <laughs> this song's dedicated to you, Ben Stiller. <laughs> you, you are, are my, my favorite, favorite motherfucker. motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Oh, there's so many good that's sound the only, That's the only reason I want to be in the same room with Ben Stiller at some point. I don't want to meet him. I like Ben Stiller. He's fine. But I just want to yell at him, you are my favorite, favorite motherfucker. motherfucker. <laughs> Dude, I've, I've, I've really developed a strong love for like, it. if there's like a breakdown in a song and stuff's starting to build, I told you this last time, right? That I just yell chocolate starfish every now and again. <laughs> like, like, even if it's a song that's like not even related to metal, like it could be a Fleetwood Mac song, and I'll just yell chocolate starfish! <laughs> just just to wind my partner up, but yeah. Um, we've, we've already been derailed at track one, but yeah. let's get back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so um, what I'm about to say uh, can pretty much sum up many of the tracks on this album uh ghost post grungy kind of upbeat ballady track uh swallow me more post grungy stuff see this is the thing where like you guys are real behind the curve right now doing like the post grunge thing in 2003 because it it was at this point where that became oversaturated too and it's like you know born a beggar full-blown post-grunge central at this point thick as the skin is a heavier track um thick as the dick uh (laughs) 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 see you around uh is back to the kind of floaty post-grunge thing mouth of voodoo got some like horror vibes which leads into a bit of a riffer one light i will say like one light i i could have seen being a big 90s style ballad you know had it come along five or six years earlier um Mm -hmm. then you get um what i can only describe as a bastardization you've got i remember you too yeah um which you know is just to me came off as a cynical attempt to pop punkify a classic power ballad do you want to know and i don't want to disparage Uh, the dead i had no idea that he was dead but he but i have a theory about that and it's because like if you think about like the vocals on the first Skid Row album, the highest and most difficult vocals that Baz does is in I Remember You. Mm-hmm. So they now recorded a new version of it where the entire, he's singing the entire chorus at the low, a lower octave. Is yeah. it remember yesterday? It's, it's not high anymore. So I'm like, oh, they just <laughs> redid that so they could play it that way live so Home Dude could actually sing it. <laughs> Because he's a really good, he he was a really good singer, but I I don't think he could have done those kind of things. Yeah, that's that's the problem, isn't it? When when you step into a band that had such a fucking powerhouse on the mic, I mean, the range on Baz, especially back then, still he's still. I mean, he obviously he can't sing. Nobody that gets older can sing that well anymore. But I mean. I, 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 every time guy. I see some footage of him, I still I'm still pretty impressed <sighs> with not only him as a frontman but him as a vocalist. Um, but we're not he's not involved in this album. Let's let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So we got here. Lamb uh, has a cool Alice in Chains influenced bendy riff. Uh, Down from the underground is another chunky grunger uh, and hitting a wall. <laughs> That's a good name for a band. That chunky grunger. Chunky uh, grunger, chunky grunger, um, and and finally you get hitting a wall, which is a rocking grooving closer. Honestly though, like <clears throat> if I want this sound, 
I'll go to a band that did it like A originally and B a lot better because like honestly is is always kind of if you compare this with subhuman race, right? Um mm-hmm. subhuman race was like them heavying it up and and being influenced as far as I can tell from what was going going on, but still sticking to Skid Row, absolutely at the core. Um, you know, at, at some points it even sounds a little bit like Saigon Kick to me. To me, that album. Sure. Um, whereas this one, this one makes me think they were hearing stuff like Creed and went, "We can do that." <laughs> And it's on, like, on, on certain tracks, the vocalist almost sounds like he's trying to sound like Rob Thomas from Matchbox 20. Yeah, and, and, it's, <laughs> and it's like, that to, to me, there's a, there's a distinct difference between like being influenced by something and trying your hand at emulating it as closely as you can. And this album struck me as that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. with that, th- this album to me while revolutions per minute tends to get the most shit from what I've heard. Mm. Um, I found revolutions per minute a bit more entertaining, you know, mm-hmm. because you know, there, there, there were moments in that album where it's like, they weren't like smart moments, but they made me laugh or they made me smile. And I got entertainment value out of it. You sure. Know? But thick skin just to, to me, thick skin just came off as a little bit like, Ah, fuck. It's 2003. What's the default setting for a band right now? You know? And, yeah. So, yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure there was a little bit of of a thought of, um, we have to find some way to make it back on top again. Yeah. Um, And so it's like, well, let's try to write some hits. What what's what's a you know and and you can't fault a band for that, but I mean at the same time you can't expect me to really enjoy. Um, that kind of an album, but funnily enough, that is not my number six. Um, okay. If you're done with yours, I can I can jump off of this. I'm done with Dickskin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hold on, everybody. Dickskin has been circumcised. <laughs> so, um, so I, I'm gonna. So I'll go ahead and preface this by saying that we're doing six albums total. And to me, it's like three classic, really fucking great albums, and then a giant chasm like the fucking Grand Canyon, <laughs> and then three pretty shitty albums. And hmm. um, and I'm being nice because they're not awful; they're just comparatively speaking, not good. Yeah. Um, the worst of which. And I really gave this some thought and I went back and forth listening to songs and, and listening to vocal performances and just just trying to figure out like, you know, which one was the worst. And, and every single time uh, this one came out on the bottom uh, from 2022, The Gang's All Here, okay. the um, newest album, their sixth album and their first with vocalist Eric Gronwall, who sounds like a diet Sebastian Bach. Um, and the music sounds like Diet Skid Row. Um, there, it's generic lyric, uh, generic vocals, generic lyrics, uninspired lyrics. Everything about this just sounds like hard rock generator music. Hmm. And AI put together, hey AI, can you make a Skid Row album? 
and this is what it would sound like. Um, and the thing that's even more annoying about this is that they announced this new album with this new vocalist, and then they put out they put out a, a single. I don't remember which one the single was, but I immediately went to listen to it because I'm the first person that says, "Hey, prove me wrong, make me like this," and it didn't work at all. I thought it was an awful song. Um, it, I, 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 yeah, it was just it just sounds like a lost group of old dudes who really are unsure of what to do. Um, and they hired this guy that sure can hit the notes that Sebastian Bach can hit and sure he's young and looks like a rocker, but he has none of the character that Sebastian Bach has in his voice. It's just, he's just a dude that can sing, um, which is fine. Um, because what I found happened is that for some reason, everybody really wanted to try hard to like this album. So I kept getting all of this, all of these comments and messages like, you really just got to listen to it, man. It's like really good. And I'm like, no, this is you convincing yourself that it's really good. I know that it's not. And now that I've gone and listened to it a few times, I've confirmed that it's not. It is like, it's just good. It's just good enough for the people that really want to like it to like it. And then they can run with that. Um, so if you're a huge Skid Row fan to the point where you don't care who's singing, then I could totally see that this, this being an album for you, but it's not just the vocals, um, which, which the vocals are fine. He's just, you know, he's not, he's nowhere near as good as Sebastian Bach, but he can hold his own and he can sing. But even the songs just, it's like their first three albums, they matured as a band mm. um, you, with like not only the kind of songs they were writing, but lyrics they were writing. You could tell that they were maturing. And now this is a band of old dudes that are trying to write stuff like they wrote when they were 18 years old. And the thing that I've found, and this isn't just for like this kind of hard rock music, but very much so. This kind of music, and I'm I'm talking about your poisons and your motley crews and all of these things. Mm. That music is best done by young people, young people um, full of piss and vinegar. Um, that, I got that from from uh, Howard H. Smith because I was I was talking about a newer thrash band and how like even though there's elements that are just you know kind of rehashed and kind of you know maybe you know done again through a younger lens. Lens, I'm just like. But I f but the energy is there that I want, and it's because it's this young energy yeah. that, for some reason, really sells the music, and it feels genuine and unique and honest. And the gangs all here does not sound like that at all to me. It really mm. sounds like just try I don't know tr trying to recover your heyday without having anything new to add to it or or um pushing anything in any way forward aside from saying hey we have a new singer and he can sing like sebastian bach like that's the that's like the only thing when everyone fucking just wants them to get back together with sebastian bach and i've said this before i don't know who the asshole is maybe there's many assholes maybe sebastian <laughs> bach is a huge prick i've heard he can be uh maybe it's uh, snake or rachel or whoever somebody is an asshole as well and the thing that i don't understand is like you guys are older now 
Like, bury mm. the hatchet, get back together, cash those fucking checks. Because guess what? I'll be there, you know? Yeah. Um, so, but, you know, I know there's a, probably a whole lot of that, you know, no, he, he, you know, said my girlfriend was ugly years ago. And I'm never going to forgive him for that. He ate my enchilada. <laughs> yeah, what, whatever it is. I'm not trying to minimize whatever they had going on because they all have their reasons and they're all adults. But I'm just coming at this from a fan, a big fan of that early shit. And then I hear this album and everyone's just fine with it. And I'm like, no, don't be fine with it. Like, mm. we need everyone to rally together and not be fine with this. Because if that's maybe that's what they need. They need to put out something and be like, we're back with this great singer. They need the whole world to go, fuck you. And then they need to go, well, maybe we're going to get Baz back in the band. You know, it's like, so, but maybe not. I don't know. Um, but I realize that I am in the minority because I've heard a whole lot of people say this album's fucking great. And to each their own, as they say, which is a nice way of saying you're wrong. Um, but yeah, the gang's all here. Um, it's just, it's not, but it's it's not just Skid Row, man. It's like so many bands try to do shit again. Like they did when they were young and it's just not, it's, it's almost like not only that they need to be young, but maybe for this kind of music, maybe it also needs to be 1989. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe it, maybe it only makes sense coming out of 1989. And maybe that's it. I have no idea. I think for, for me, something I did like about this album is that it's pointing to... I, I do think rock production has improved from where it went wrong. Sure. Yeah. And there's, mo- there's moments on this album where I thought, oh, that actually almost, almost recaptured like a, like a, a section of... Um, something that could have come out late eighties, early nineties, yeah. Uh, which is as you and I are are both very strong proponents of the early nineties hard rock mix is the best hard rock mix. You but know? not not only that, Skid Row <clears throat> is a really great example of three albums in a row with three different kinds of production styles that yeah. nail it. They nail it in all three ways. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so that's if that's pretty. That's another reason when we get to their first three albums, I'll talk about how, you know, because I love bands that do that. They give you like, here's this one flavor of us. Now we've kind of moved a little bit forward and the production um, is as needed. And then once again, we've done the same thing. I just it's great. It's just one yeah. of those things as a fan and as a listener. I, I just really, really enjoy and appreciate. Um, I can't I mean, for, for, for what they were trying to do for the gangs all here, um, they succeeded. They don't need me. So, I mean, it's fine. Um, I'll, you know, I have my opinions. To be fair, I don't really like the stuff that Sebastian Bach does on his own a lot of the time. He has some songs here and there that I really like. Um, but at the end of the day, um, I just prefer hearing him sing. So mm. that that's what helps. Okay, so... Uh, he's a savage animal. I love him. He's a savage animal. <laughs> it rolls off my tongue. All right. <laughs> Okay, right. Uh, my number five is Revolutions Per Minute from 19... Not 19. 2005. <laughs> 2006. Fuck. 19,005. <laughs> First released on a wax cylinder. 
Uh, okay, so so this one is generally, from what I've seen, re- regarded as as the bottom. However, to me, uh, this at least felt a little bit a little bit less shameless. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, in, in terms of just being like the previous album was a little bit like ah, uh, we're trying to blend in with the grunge post grungy sort of vibe going on kind of like hard alternative rock sort of thing this one is like nah fuck it we're gonna put out a bunch of different sounding songs um and i like that i think variety is the spice of life um and so with that i'm gonna jump right in disease is a, a grooving hard rock opener uh Another dick in the system, and uh, <laughs> yeah, feels like a callback to the dick skin thing. Even though I'm sure that was unintentional, being as we invented it 20 years later. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure nobody's <laughs> called that album "Dick Skin" before us. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nah, I'm sure people have. Nah, nah, nah. We were the first. We were the first. We're the first on record, surely. But yeah, uh, yeah. It started yeah, here. Yeah, you heard it here first. <laughs> but yeah, another dick in the system is like this punky hard rocker. It, it, there's a couple of fucking wordy titles on this album, like pulling my heart out from under me, where it's like, <laughs> you know, that. Why, uh, why is your heart under you? Yeah, it's <laughs> like, what the fuck? So, see, th- th- there was a worry for me that it was like, oh God, I read that and it was like, this is going to sound like a fucking Fallout Boy song. And then I, it was like, you know, the whole. That does sound oh, like a Fallout yeah. Boy title. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it's like, it, you know, it, that mid-2000s overly long emo song titles where it was like, hey, I'm sorry that I dumped you at the drive-in. Do you want a smoothie? Like, it just shit like that. It's, yeah. Uh, but yeah, God Can Wait gives off kind of a Green Day <laughs> vibe. Sorry, what are you saying? I don't know. No, it's just what... God, this is me derailing us again. I think I've nah, mentioned nah, this. Do it. I think I've m- mentioned this on another episode but it's not related at all except for it's a long title but it's my favorite long title of a song i've ever heard in my entire life and this was from a punk band i saw in the late 90s (laughs) and they what was the band called i think they were called beefcake i think that was the name of the band they weren't very big they were just a band that came on tour opening for some other band it's a good name but one of their song titles was I've never fucked a 10, but one night I fucked five twos. <laughs> That's incredible. And I, I, I got to go find that someday because like, I, I just remember it was just a fast punk song where I think they really only sang the title over and over again. But I was just like, I was so laughing hysterically at the title of the song that I was just like, that is genius. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that is yeah. Anyway, okay. Back on track. Yeah. Okay. So um yeah, God Can Wait has kind of a Green Day vibe. Um Shut Up Baby I Love You has a cool riff to it. Strength is a melodic song. White Trash has, you know, some fun lyrics, you know. They're not clever, they're just, you know, funny, you know. It's yeah. like a it's like a much less subtle punk version of RV by Faith No More. Um <clears throat> You Lie 
I'm assuming that this is your favorite track of the whole catalog with its country style. So absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> this didn't take me out of the album at all. Really? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, you get nothing, which is this anthemic style rocker. Love is dead is punky number, uh, and then like right at the end of the album, there's a uh, there's another version of you lie. Uh, you know, because they, they needed a, they needed two of that, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's an album, and yeah. it's got it's got some fun stuff on it. But um, is it what I'd go to Skid Row for? Yeah, the answer to that one is no. So that is my number, my number five. Sweet. My number five is Dick Skin from 2003. Mm. I mean, Thick Skin. Um, their, their fourth album and first with Johnny Sollinger, um, sounding like a cross between Baz and Rob Thomas on this album, um, just on certain songs. Um, he's got a really good voice. And I yeah. honestly I honestly think that for the most part, he he seems like he's trying to kind of do his own thing. Um, yeah. cause he, he's a similar vocalist and that's fine. Um, but I, I, he, he never did anything that really annoyed me vocally. Like I was just like, he's fine. He's, you know, he's, it's, it's okay. Um, yeah, I heard you, for you, a little you, while, am I wrong that for a little while, the singer of Dragon Force was the singer of Skid Row? He didn't do any recordings. The original singer of Dragon Force. Let's have a, let's have a, let's have a quick check because I've got the, uh, member timeline up. Because I think they did those two EPs, and then I think I remember reading that the Dragon Force guy was supposed to be their vocalist, and then all of a sudden he wasn't in the group, and they got this new, this new dude. Um, but anyway, uh, what do we got here? Tony Harnell. Is that here, the guy? Here's where, we, here's where we go to the internet. Uh, no, I don't think that's not his name. Tony Harnell. Tony. Honey Hornet is her name. <laughs> <laughs> oh no nah, no nah. he, he he's the he's the dude from tnt um nah, uh we need what is it zp theart is it that's that sounds right that sounds right or zp theart south african singer yeah he's the guy yeah okay um but he but he wasn't in there very long sorry yeah what that that would have been interesting because that's a totally different kind of vocalist. Like he sure yeah. he can hit some high notes, but he doesn't sound like Sebastian Bach. And maybe that would have been a good thing. I don't know. But anyway, back to <laughs> Thick Skin. Um, I don't honestly. None of their albums has a production style that really bothered me that much. Like no. Thick Skin sounds for the time relatively good for yeah. for those kind of you know not big major label production albums. And I think that in stark um, contrast to Holly weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I just think that, that it's got good performances on it and some good songs. Um, but it really does. Like you made the point you know, they there's, there's some of that trying to fit in with what was going on at the time, but really a lot of that stuff had already kind of come and gone and so it sounds like a band that are very unsure of what they want to do. And we're just kind of hearing that on an album. Um, and um, it's almost just like, well, we'll just throw everything out there. We wrote some songs that sound like they could be alternative rock songs. I throw those out there. We have some hard rockers in case that's what wins. Then we'll throw those out there as well. Um, and the hard rock songs feel more natural, obviously. Yeah. Because they're Skid Row. 
Um, the other ones have a very Hey Fellow Kids kind of um, vibe going on. Yeah. But overall, it's a pretty bland album. But I think the only reason in, 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 that I put it above the gangs all here is because I feel more of an effort in the songwriting. Um, mm. Whereas I feel like there was actual songwriting and not just trying to make things that sounded like a certain thing of an era. Um, I don't really like it. You know, I'm not going to listen to thick skin again. Um, and I remember you too is fucking stupid, but um, it's got some enjoyable moments here and there, but it's, it really is like, it sounds like Skid Row in 2003. It sounds like a lot of bands like Skid Row in 2003, where they're just kind of like figuring out what the fuck to do. And yeah. I, and, and I, I feel for those bands because like, what the fuck would I do? Cause you know, unfortunately I was the kind of musician where none of my bands ever took off and they, everything was always shit. But what if mm. I had been in a band that had had some success especially on the level of Skid Row. And then all of a sudden it's a new millennium and you're just like, nobody likes the music that we used to do anymore. It's like a joke to a lot of people. What the fuck do we do? Um, And if you're like, you know, well, do we start another band? Fuck no. We work too hard to do Skid Row. Why would we, why would we change? You know, it's like, it's, and so like, I feel like I would be one of those bands that was still just sticking it out. Like, Hey, let's just give it a shot. Let's throw something at the wall and see what happens. But no matter what we do, let's keep our name out there. Cause we're bothering to do the work. Yeah. You know, we, we bothered to find a new vocalist. We bothered to put together these songs. Let's just keep, let's just keep it going. So, um, I give them props for that. Uh, but I don't, uh, thick skins is just not, not a very good album. Um, yeah number four cool (laughs) okay so my number four is the most recent album the gang's all here okay uh and this album to me i definitely hear what you're saying there are Mm -hmm. some moments where i do think um you know oh this is your standard built for the modern rock live show kind of layout you know, woe-woes in the right places and, and whatnot. Uh, you yeah. know, th- there are some pretty stock. Like, I think it's fucking stock. <laughs> yeah, that that <laughs> is a really good use of that term, Lars. The, um, stock uh, is what a lot of this album sounds like. The, yeah, there, there are a, a lot of... Um, yeah, I would say, as far as production goes, I think that it's produced really well. I think it sounds sure. good. Sonically, I like it better than the um, two albums that precede it. Um, However, you know, I'm kind of 50-50 on it. Like, there's moments that really grip me, and there's moments that are like... Also has the Hello, Hey Fellow Kids vibe. So I'm kind of conflicted on it, where it's like... You know, Hello High Water, slave, like, I, I got a slave to the ground vibe right out of the gate. Like, I really mm. like that song. Uh, and then The Gang's All Here, you know, is a title track and a bit of a statement of intent. Uh, but you, you know, we had a conversation before, speaking of Hello High Water, 
Um, I think we've we've had this on n- numerous episodes where we talk about bands overusing song titles that fifty other bands have already yeah. used before them, mm-hmm. and that alone shows the amount of care they took in these songs. There's like, call it Hell or High Water. Aren't there like 20 songs? It doesn't matter. Hell or High Water. Uh, I was was, (laughs) going to say, uh, go, right. I'm going to read the tracks and you're going to go ding if if you can think of another band doing uh, one of these songs. You ready? So Hell or High Water, I can think of two, Poison and Kiss, but I know there's been more. Come Hell or High Water. Yeah. Uh, the, The gang's all here. That at least is kind of original, but that comes from something. That's a that's a that's a that's a what do you call yeah. it? A, yeah, a phrase that was coined in something. I don't know. Anyway, which you know isn't it isn't as egregious. You know, it's uh, nah, it's it's just a yeah. lame album title. But you know, other than yeah. that, it's fine. Not dead yet. That was fun. Yeah, <laughs> not dead. There's a lot of those. God, uh, I can't oh. think of one right now. But there's okay. not dead yet. <laughs> I'm actually gonna go on my I'm gonna go on my phone and see if I can. Uh, okay, fi- finding songs, not dead yet. Okay, I don't have any save that go not dead yet. Let's go. Uh, time bomb. There, there's got there's got to be some called time bomb. I've got it written down as tomb bomb because autocorrect is a bastard lately. Not dead yet, Lord Huron. That's not in my music. I just that just looked the, uh, the, yeah. It brings up a lot of I'm about not not dead yet songs from different yeah. artists. Yeah. Um, um. Well, I've I've got mine on Time uh, Bomb. It's Rancid did a song called Time Bomb. Yeah. Resurrected. Why choose black hat Cadillac? Yeah. The boys of Time Bomb. I was gonna say, I was gonna say we don't even need to search up resurrected like that like that that's shit I, who hasn't got a song that has resurrection or resurrected or some variation nowhere some fast of, some kind of erection you know yeah when when the lights come on you know I can think of some when the lights go down tear it down is is oh my god tear Def it, leopard yeah October song I'll admit okay okay. It's probably a it's probably a a a nineties female artist that has that uh yeah. that song song title. Uh World World on Fire. I mean that's yeah. it, again, it's another kind of it just gives done to death vibes. However, I will say, uh, you know, I feel like of of all the parts of the production that I feel like they got bang on is the vocals. I think, you know, while the vocals may not have the character of Baz. Yeah. They're produced exactly how I would want to hear this style of vocal. There's the sure. exact right amount of delay and reverb on it that makes it sound fucking huge. Um but yeah. Going back to Time Bomb though, it's it's designed for the live set. It's to an almost cheesy extent. Um the riffs are kind of chunky, but again it's it's that thing of on th- this album to me doesn't sound like it's poorly done s- sonically but it also has this element of y- you stack it next to skid row slave to the ground and subhuman race and it just becomes a case of it's almost apples and oranges at that point this is it definitely feels a bit more you know watered down middle of the road that's why i said diet skid row it's hmm. all it's just like you know, I'm I'm too old to, to be drinking the full on soda pop anymore. 
Um, so I'm going to drink the zero calorie Skid Row. Um, and it tastes okay. <laughs> but you know what? I'm so old now that I, it doesn't matter. I'm going to enjoy this zero calorie Skid Row. And I'm going to tell everybody how much I enjoy it. Netflix used to come in the mail. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, resurrected. I love that the kind of sunset strip riffage is back in full force. The per- the performances on here are great. Yeah, uh, they're no a great ref- band. They're, yeah, I mean, there's no denying that. But it definitely, it, to, to me, this album as a whole, it's it's very you know upbeat track upbeat track too you know Tarek Noun has good gang vocals on it October Song's the big old ballad <laughs> I, I didn't realize I didn't realize until just now World on Fire I meant to write ass kicking closer it autocorrected to, to ass licking closer <laughs> <laughs> oh so so far we've got uh, dick skin and ass licking as as little yeah, this is a this is an X-rated episode. <laughs> <laughs> Which ones aren't? Um, Top shelf, triple X. Yeah. yeah. Uh, on, honestly, t- to me, I liked it more than Thick Skin and Revolutions. Uh, but it's still not that holy trinity, if you know yeah. what I mean. So, yeah. I think... I think before I get to my number four, I want to like just mention the two EPs that they did because we're not talking about them, but they would probably fall somewhere around here because they're yeah. still not great, but they got a good energy, I guess. But the songwriting's just not very good. And like if I if we, even if we ranked them, it would just be another one that we were saying pretty much the same shit about. Yeah. Um, so they just some, just assume that somewhere in this lower half is those two EPs they did. That's our um, uh, f- four po- our three point fives. <laughs> yeah, um, but my four number four is Revolutions Per Minute from two thousand six. Um, I like the sound of this album. Um, I think it has a really good energy, and I actually had a, a lot of fun in some of the tracks on this album. Same. Um, there's. It, there's some enjoyable songs some are you know big you know skippers um but it feels like more like you said like it feels like more of them just saying fuck it just let's do what comes naturally to us as skid row um and then that's what the album is um unfortunately for this album about halfway through the album there's a fucking country song that is unnecessary and it completely <laughs> kills the album to the point where all of the songs following it are are just completely ignorable to me where I'm just mm. like, look, you already fucked this album, and then and then just like to just because they knew I was listening to it, and they're like, fuck you, Stephen, <laughs> we're gonna put that song again at the end of it. <laughs> you thought it was absolute, over, <laughs> yeah, absolute bullshit. But it's got some good, it's got some good, you know, songs on it. I like the way it sounds, but I think it's Michael Wagner that produced this, who did their first album, I believe. Um, yeah. Um, And so I think he came back and did this album. And so it's, it's not amazing sounding, but it's got a, for 2006, it's not bad. Um, and this to me, so this album to me is just barely better than thick skin. Um, probably just because I had a better time listening to it and that's really it. So that wraps up the bottom half. And like I said, to me, there's a huge space between the numbers here. 
because yeah. these top three albums, I have gripes about all three because none of them are perfect albums to me. Okay. But there's something about these albums that they have never lost their charm and energy for me, no matter how many times I've heard them. You, you, anyone plays a song from any one of these three albums, I'm always like, it's fucking good. It does, yeah. It's never gone away. Never gone away. So uh, we're on to our top three. Um, we might match up. We also might not. I think we might match up on our number three. So let's... I- I definitely think this could be this could well be a uh, triple matchup. Okay, uh, so let's, let's, let's find out after this. And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have Hell no yeah, idea what back. just happened. That, that was, that, but that was. <laughs> You look like you look like have you seen those like things where it's like AI created a commercial with humans in it? <laughs> it's like whoa <laughs> they have arms coming out of their yeah. faces and yeah. shit. That is like the best thing in the world. So much so that I watch those and I go, if these had come out like in like the 80s or 90s, this would be like art art films. Like, yeah. did you see these amazing art films where the people are just fucking chaotic and there's arms coming out of their faces? Um, I, I love it. I, I love it. I today just before we started, uh, there is a video on YouTube. You know this like thing where you where all of a sudden you're able to overlay other people's voices onto songs, which yeah. is a fucking frightening, and, <laughs> right? And, and B hilarious because someone yeah. someone has done. Man in the Box by Alice in Chains, but they've they've taken the voices of Plankton and Mr. Krabs from yeah. um, SpongeBob. I saw Plankton- I saw I saw a, a Tool one with I think one of the SpongeBob characters singing on it. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna send it over to you now while it's on my mind. But yeah, the okay. um, yeah, if you type in like Sheldon J. Plankton Man in the Box AI cover. Um, it's got Plankton doing Lane's parts and Mr. Krabs doing Jerry's parts. So when it gets to the chorus, it 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 could be a contender for best meme I have ever seen in my entire life. That's that's awesome. Like it, I wasn't expecting Mr. Krabs to show up, and when he did, yeah, oh boy, that was that was a. <laughs> I don't want to say top ten moments of my life, but maybe top fifteen. <laughs> I, I just, I just want to know, like, because I, I'm so weary of the internet um, mm-hmm. when it comes to things that I don't already know what they are. I, if anyone out there knows, like, is there, is there a cool website that I could easily just go to and generate some weird shit? Um, because, like, I like the even if it's just an image, I like that those things where you just type in a bunch of descriptive words and then it creates an image for you or a video yeah. or whatever. I would love to know where to go do that just for my own amusement. Just you know, there's one called there's one called crayon spelled uh-huh. C R A I Y O N. Okay, and and that's that was a big meme kicking off around earlier this year and, okay and the, the, as long as it's as long as i'm not gonna get a virus from it then uh, you, you won't nah, you won't get a virus from it the the um 
<laughs> watch this clip at, like age horribly. <laughs> you won't get a virus from it. <laughs> redacted, redacted. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, I just remember like, what's the, what's the first thing I ever typed into it? I think I typed in D. Snyder in GTA San Andreas and it had him as a pedestrian walking through like pretty much a very close recreation of like the whole environment looked like San Andreas the game it's wild whenever it gets to the point where it gets really easy to generate videos we should do we should do a ranking where we just let AI make the ranking for us (laughs) 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 cranked and ranked ranking of uh, whoever somebody we really can't be fucked to to do (laughs) and then we just enter it in and it's just an AI hour and and a half long (laughs) episode (laughs) where we have arms coming out of our faces for the whole time (laughs) your little tattoo just starts running all of a sudden <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, all right. So we're we're back to we're on the top three. Let's let's keep this shit moving. Okay. So what is your number, number three? My number three is this is where we're gonna find out if we matched up. Subhuman race. That's also my number three. Subhuman race. Okay. So this is the uh, this is the third in the original run. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Baz last- trilogy. Yes, and the last of the three. Uh, they've definitely stripped back. They've uh, there's like there's not really any trace of the debut on this album. It's very much nah. like "Slave to the Grind" is like a mixture of the debut and this one. Yeah, this one leans right into being stripped back, grungy, heavy, groovy, just pretty much just straight up metal. You know, yeah, and um, and they made a very smart choice by choosing Bob Rock as their producer because this is a Bob Rock one. Holy it shit, it makes sense. It, yeah, it sounds fantastic because he's because he's a guy that if you come to him and say, "Hey, we want to do more of a straightforward where we don't have all the reverb and all this shit, and we want to be heavy," Bob Rock can do that shit too, and he fucking nails it on this album. How many albums has he done now? Like a lot. Damn, he did a lot. He did a whole shitload back in the day, but he still does them now for random artists. I think. Damn, dude! Wow. <laughs> like sometimes I I forget how insane some producers' lives are. Like you, yeah. you look at you look at the fucking resume here; it's ridiculous. I mean, not only um, that, like early on, he was working on big albums when he was pretty much just an engineer and not necessarily a producer. Um, I mean, yeah. he, put, he worked. He worked on "Slippery When Wet." Like he was like, you know, and and on that one. So I mean, that's when he used to be a woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that line in in year and a half in the life. That's great. Yeah, yeah. I just like when they're looking at they're looking when they're looking at his band and they're like, yeah. "This guy told, told you what, what to do." do. <laughs> that girly looking dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh, that's. Is there a more, uh, maybe some kind of monster, I was going to say, is there a more quotable set of band documentaries than those? No. Not, no I, I mean, there, there might there might be, but like, when you're talking about a year tap, and a half, maybe, year, but, year that's, and a half, a but that's a, that's a mock, yeah, mockumentary, yeah. but a uh, year and a half is my favorite thing ever made. Like, that's, that is my comfort thing. Like, if I'm ever having a bad day, I just yeah. watch that. Like, that always puts me in a better mood. So. Absolutely. 
Man, I wish it could have been there. Um, but yeah, it's <laughs> subhuman race. Uh, so my enemy, that riff fucking rules right out of the gate. You already know yeah. that you're, you know, it it sets you up for this is going to be different, but it's going to fucking rule. Like yeah. that's that's the vibe. Um, mm-hmm. Fire sign has an almost Saigon kick type feel, and I like that one. We love we love Saigon kick. We do, um, indeed. You know, it's uh, Bonehead. The grit in Sebastian's voice is insane, especially his, when he gets growly on this. I will, I, I will go on record and say this is his best performance on this. Even though he's not doing the higher notes like as often as he used to do, his, his <sighs> de- like he does not phone shit in. His vocal nah. performance is always so good. Even on parts that maybe aren't as interesting vocally, he will find a way to put some sort of personality into it. And I just love it. He's, yeah. he's so I'm, I'm a, I'm a fan of his. He, so he knows how to <laughs> sell know? it. Yeah, absolutely. That boy can sing. <laughs> that <right>. boy's good. <laughs> <laughs> Sexual oh. chocolate. Say my band. That's so lovely. Would you agree? Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, beat yourself blind. Groovy ass shit. Eileen has a cool grungy feel to it, but in a way where it feels authentic, not like it's trying to fit in, that it it's yeah. it's almost like uh they've absorbed it rather than it's absorbed them. Yeah, if do you, you know if do you, you know catch what? me? Honestly, I've never listened to this album and thought the word grunge ever. Like yeah. to me it always seemed just like hard rock made in 1995. It it's, yeah. it, it it, cause I, I don't know. There's, there's something about it that doesn't quite make it tick the grunge box for me, but you know, that's different, I, I, different ears, you know, I suppose I, I would equate it to, because I, you know, I have a habit of, of thinking of grunge and alternative metal as the, as the same era. They, oh, there's yeah. a lot, of cr- there's a lot of crossover to it. Like, you know, I, just, I think, I think also I kind of equate it with around the same time, another Bob rock produced album, the self-titled Motley Crue album, Yes, that one to me has parts where I feel that there's some attempt to be a little grungy. Yeah, um, and this one for some reason has never hit me that way. Hmm. Well, I, I, again, it's it's like, but but then again, I've got I've got here like remains to be seen. A lot of the riffs on this album made me think of Grunge Truck, like that kind of uh, riff yeah, driven. I, I guess the more metallic uh, grungy dudes. I guess like, there could be a, a line drawn there. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of sorry. Ah, nah, I'm not gonna sneeze. Sorry, that that <laughs> that went up back up into my brain and it hurts like hell. But I'll, I'm all right. Uh, it's like fucking fire flies out. <laughs> uh, subhuman race, pounding title track. Yeah, uh, Frozen. Someone's been listening to Jerry Cantrell. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Into Another is a vibey track. Face Against My Soul is cool. Medicine Jar has chunky riffage going on, breaking yeah. down. Low-key ballady track. And uh, Iron Will is a grooving closer. All in all, this is... Uh, I mean, this is fantastic stuff. Like e- e- They're one of those bands yeah. of the hair metal era that survived a bit longer. If you if yeah. you understand you know where I'm coming from, it's like they weren't one of the ones that didn't know how to adapt and just got swallowed. 
Um, yeah. And plus, even though this album wasn't successful for them, I feel like it's respected in a way that other bands mid nineties output nah. is not. Yeah. Um, and like I, like I, like I said earlier, I like the fact that you, that they have their first three albums and it's three. It, you, it is a clear progression. You can clearly yeah. hear they're getting better at writing songs, getting better at performing. Um, and then you've got these three different styles of production. This one is way more drier and heavier and in your face and um, a beefy. It's a beefy production with a lot of low end. And I love that. Um, yeah. And I think it's a fucking amazing album. It has no bad tracks on it, but I will say, and I'd say this about, I'll say this about another album as well, but there are songs that are a bit too samey. Like they have a similar vibe yeah. and it almost makes me feel like, Hey, let's cut this album down to 40 minutes and get rid of a few of those. That being said, I don't know which ones I would get rid of. If I was taking two songs and putting them next to each other, like which one yeah. would be the one that went. And at this point you're making an album, you're paying money for it. You recorded these songs. You can fit them all on a CD. Just put them all fucking out, I guess. Um, that's just kind of a symptom of its era really isn't it sure but I don't think there's any bad tracks on here Um, really the only thing I can say for sure is that compared to the first two albums this one doesn't have quite the standout tracks like if somebody says subhuman race you don't immediately think oh that fucking song it's just more of a overall the album is fucking great Um, whereas Slave and the the self-titled album there are songs that immediately spring to mind when you think of those albums, um, maybe that's a testament to, to subhuman race being really good, that it's just a co- cohesive album and collection of songs that there is nothing that really stands out. Cause everything is pretty strong. Um, I love it. I think it's great. Sounds great. It's a killer album. Everyone sounds great on it. Um, unfortunately the last with Sebastian Bach. Um, but I mean, when it comes to the skid row output, I think he went out on a high note cause I think he just sounds amazing. <laughs> on this album um but the real question is this is the moment of truth it's the moment of truth it's out on a line this yeah. is the place this is the time, is the time. waiting forever it's now on what's never uh whatever yeah. Yeah, karate kid fucking rules the soundtrack I, rules I'm, too. I'm bust into some fucking training montage any second <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so the, the moment of truth is that uh, is we'll we'll find out right now if we if our entire bottom three is going to match up after this. So. <laughs> I I, I got to re- really quickly run and get a run and get a tissue. The he- the hay fever, the pollen has breached the quarantine. All right, all right. Stolen, stolen. <laughs> so how's everybody doing? Good. Cool. Cool. How was your weekend? Awesome, awesome, yeah, cool. And you know, the weather, the weather is is you know weather ish, you know, cool too. Like hot, m- middle, whatever. Sorry. Hey. Yeah, I'm back from my training montage. I was just having a little discussion with everybody out there about you know their weekend and how the weather is and everything. You know, it was we were catching up. Um. I mean, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, uh, so now, bot- uh, bottom, bottom two, top two. 
Mm-hmm. Um, let's find out. Let's. What's your number two? And we'll see if we match um, up. Okay. My number two is 1989's self-titled debut Skid Row. Yep, we have we have an we have an identical top three. My number hey. two is also Skid Row. Absolutely. And it's funny to me that you know, of course, if if a band comes out of the gate and and is mostly known for doing a certain style of music, like a sizable chunk of this discography is not this, you know. Yeah. But yeah. But this is what they broke out of the gate with, and um, mm-hmm. it's some of the best, quote unquote, eighties glam metal goodness ever put to tape. Um, I mean, like, like I think, like a lot of people have figured out, when you have a big hit ballad. It pretty much mm-hmm. just screws you for the rest of your life. <laughs> it's just like that's what you're known for—a big hit yeah. ballad. And these motherfuckers had two on one album too. Yeah, yeah. Alongside another absolute banger. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm just gonna dive right in. Big Guns, excellent opening blast of fun, 80s. Fun, fun, funnily enough, not actually about guns. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I was not aware of that. <laughs> it's 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 big uns. Yeah, yeah. just remember that. Uh, yeah. He likes his women thick. <laughs> Whoever wrote that song, I'm on board with yeah. him. So, or, or, <laughs> or he just likes large jugs. But yeah, uh, sweet little sister, uh, another blast of hair metal goodness. What's that? You want more? Then have can't stand the heartache because that's another one, and they're all just yep. these are all just bangers. Um, yep. Piece of me, man. That ba- see, this is the thing. This is one of those bands of the era that can give me the riff face. Mm-hmm. This isn't a generally. It's not a riff face genre, but like yeah. that. Boom. Um, eighteen and life is the darker, edgier power ballad of the album. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I will hand it to Skid Row. You know, I know I Remember You was a, is a love song, right? Yeah. But, like, a lot of their ballads are about dark shit. I mean, this, yes. is, about a, this is about a kid shooting his friend, you yeah. know, in, a, in an argument and in, in facing jail for the rest of his life. Uh, and then... Of course, on Slave to the Grind, you get in a darkened room, which is about child abuse. I mean, that's a heavy fucking subject to yeah. write a successful song about. But yeah. um, here we go. Here's something that always made me laugh. Uh, Rattlesnake Shake, not to be confused with the Motley Crue song, which was Rattles. released in in the same year. Like yeah. there's two, you get like a two for one deal. It was, the, it was the year of the hand job. Yeah. <laughs> Not actually about a rattlesnake. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Rattlesnake shake. I mean, oh, wow. There's, there's no subtlety, is there, in this genre? It's like, yeah, is that a dance or... Nope, nope, she's whacking me off. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Youth Gone Wild, absolute anthem. Got to be a top ten song of 1989 for me. Yeah, um, 
Here I Am is a kind of funky track. Like, it's got that, like... It's got that beat we talked about yeah. in another episode. Yeah. It's the uh, Mr. Brownstone vibe. Um, or Rocket Queen. Or Rocket Queen, yeah. There needs to be more of that beat brought back. See, this is where that's all these what, hard that's rock what bands are fucking on up. The, that's what they're missing on the gangs all here. There's no Rocket Queen beat on there. Yeah, yeah. We, we need we need more Rocket Queen beat. Um, <laughs> uh, making a mess. Great deep cut. Love this song. Always thought yeah. it was it was like it's one of my favorite deep cuts of the genre. Um, I remember you is the upbeat power ballad of the album. It's 1989 after all, and it's also a great song. Uh, this is the good version of the song. <laughs> uh, and then Midnight slash Tornado. Uh, badass closing song, followed by a little yep. bonus nugget at the end. I fucking love Midnight. Midnight's such a great song. Was that a single? If not, it should have been. No, I don't think so. I think it, they just yeah. had three singles off this. I, I mean, you, you could... Three music videos anyway. Youth Gone yeah. Wild, 18 in Life, and I Remember You were the only music videos. Oh, no, no. Piece of Me was a video also. Ah, yeah, yeah. Is that the one where he's got those, like, really long fingernails on, like, the really sparkly ones? Or am I, like, I am I, I fucking I high? <laughs> that, that doesn't ring a bell, but I mean, I need, I just I need to that. see this. Piece of me. Skid Row. Just want to see. I just want to see this real quick. I think it's a so, live. It's live footage. Is the piece of me video? Yeah, but like, I just remember. Like I'm remembering something about long fingernails. Where is it? Maybe somebody out there you can comment below I'm, or email I'm watching, me I'm, at oldheadpodcast@gmail.com. Where, where is it? I need. I need an answer to this question. <laughs> Skid Row, Sebastian Bach, long fingernails, and go. I, I must I must be fucking hallucinating that shit. I, for some reason, I remember like a long fingernailed hand like gripping the mic stand at the, in the intro to that song. I don't know. Wow, it's been no, a long that time. doesn't ring a bell at all. I might be thinking um, of, of a completely different band in the same could style. Be. Like, yeah, could, could um, be. Somebody somebody will know. Somebody will know the answer. Um, yeah. But yes, but the, yeah. The, the, we we matched up with Skid Row, the the debut album. I just nice. love I love that this is like a go-to for that big 80s rock sound for me. Mm-hmm. Um if I just want to have, you know, a hard rock album where I have a good time because it's fun, it's energetic, it's catchy. It's got classic tracks on it. Um and it's got that like late 80s they figured it out to where it sounds big and it doesn't sound mushy. Like It's it's the it's the post Guns N' Roses thing. Um yeah. really. Um but yeah, it sounds great. Um, th- honestly, this one go. I love this album, but it goes at number two because, as much as I like the '80s vibe from this album, there are a, a couple songs that sound too much like average songs for the time hmm. that other bands prior to them had kind of already done before. So while they're done really well, and I like all of them, but I was just thinking about like. Comparing this album and Slave to the Grind and like what they were doing on Slave to the Grind, I was like, that felt a little more original. Yeah. Um, whereas this, you can tell the scene they were coming out of and they were really fucking good at what they did and they wrote some absolute bangers. But there's a little bit of that. All right, 
right, that sounds like an 80s hard rock song um, that yeah. anybody could have done. Um, but sung by the fantastic Sebastian Bach, the savage animal Sebastian Bach. Um, that leads us to uh, to uh, our joint number one, um, uh, which is probably most people's number one, uh, Slave to the Grind from 1991. And um, this this album's a big deal over here in America mm-hmm. um, because in... 1991, wasn't it? But not not only that, prior to 1991, the way that Billboard and all these other publications would get the charts for what the top selling albums were is they would essentially call a record store and say, hey, what is what have been the numbers for these albums? And the person on the phone would say, number one has been Paula Abdul by with with a million copies or whatever. But Mm. There was there was no way to check that. So clearly, in some cases, there was payola. There was money being sent to these people to be like, when they call, yeah. you say this album is number one. So there was a lot of fudging the numbers. Like shit was popular, but there was some albums that you could tell that they put money behind it to give it a little more of a push. 1991, they started doing the Nielsen sound scan which was essentially the barcode of an album was scanned when it was sold. That's the data that went towards the charts. And the very first album of that era to go number one was Slave to the Grind by Skid Row. So it was legitimately the number one purchased album in America when it came out. So it's a big deal. Um, And... um, so yeah, so it was, so it's a, so it's, a, it's I always remember I even remember back in the day like like seeing those reports of like like this is what people are actually buying they're actually buying Slave to the Grind I'm like well of course they are, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I mean it was it was short lived because Slave to the Grind like I, I really want to know like what the what the release date of Slave to the Grind was I'm gonna look it up real quick cool. Um, so you, you keep them occupied while I... Uh, while well, I'm going to look up the release date of Nevermind, which was... That September was August. Tw- oh, September. Uh, sept- September 24th, 1991. Okay. Released on the and same s- day as uh, Blood Sugar, Sex Magic, and Bad Motorfinger. So this was... So Slave to the Grind was released on June 11th. Ah. So there was, there, was a, there was a few months of, like, Hard Rock is on top... And then Nirvana came out, and um, it wasn't overnight, like everybody likes to say. Yeah. Um, but but for somebody who was around at the time, like I I bought Nevermind pretty quickly after seeing Smells Like Teen Spirit, and very quickly was like, oh, this is the kind of shit I'd like to be listening to. Um, hmm. So it for some of us, it did happen kind of fast, but I don't think it really started going to to um mtv and all these other things until their album moved up the charts and then became a big deal because at first it didn't but um but slave to the grind at that point it was pretty interesting that just to be like you know wow like the this music that i'm listening to is like the most popular music in the country and that's something that will probably never happen again but you know that's fine anyway let's let <laughs> Let's hold. Let's hold out hope. There, there might be some, maybe some young, hungry band out there willing to be the next. It's, 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 it's gonna, yeah, Sa- Sage. Yeah. It's gonna yeah. be Sage. 
It's gonna be fucking sage. We got a we got a single out called Sick on uh, Spotify. Yeah, if you, if the you, link if you is feel... in the the video description. There's a link to it. Yeah, if you if you wanna if you wanna check it out, it's on all the streaming platforms. You know. Okay, now 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 that my shameless plug is out of the way, let's talk about uh, <laughs> Slave to the Grind. Slave to the Grind. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we got uh, Monkey Business. Not to be confused with the Monkey Business by Danger Danger, released the same year. Uh, sig- significantly heavier song <laughs> than Danger Danger's Monkey Business. Yeah, also um, also a really great album opener. Just because yeah. I love how it's kind of a fake out with the beginning. Outside my window, there's a... Yeah. But then once it kicks in and it's like... Ah, like I can't even begin to try to do that. Yeah! Oh, yeah. Cool. Ladies and gentlemen, love the, new, the, the new singer for Skid Row, once that new guy gets kicked out, it will be uh, Eddie Sparks. <laughs> I love, I just love like the the cowbell in that song. Yeah. Just unrelenting smacking of the cowbell. Chef's kiss. One, one of the Eddie Sparks secret ingredients to perfection. Uh, so yeah, we got Monkey Business. I that song hands down makes this the best album, let alone the rest of the fucking album. Yeah. Um, here's a fun fact: Were you aware that "Slave to the Grind," the the song, is the demo version? Yes. Because the demo was so good, and they named the album after it. They didn't even bother re-recording it because the energy they couldn't recapture the energy of yeah. that demo well enough in the studio so they were like oh fuck it stick the demo version on and, i mean it, it's you, the, the way it's all mixed and mastered you can't even fucking tell it sounds great yeah yeah i i didn't know until it was brought up you know now yeah. now i notice that sonically it is ever so slightly different but not by a lot um yeah. not to the point where it takes you out of the experience whatsoever mm-hmm. uh and then you get the threat which is the third ass kicker in a row yeah, and then um, you get one of the uh, three ballads on this album, which is funny because like I always equate this album to like kicking up the heaviness significantly, but it has more ballads on it than the debut. Um, yeah, but when you, when you think about it, like so the the heavy songs are heavier, but the ballads are darker. So it's yes. like an overall thing. It's a shift to to a more you know a little Serious. bit more of a mature Skid Row on this one. Yeah. Um, and Quicksand Jesus is probably like it's probably my least favorite of those three, but it's still really good. Mm-hmm. Um, Psycho Love is fucking rad. Uh, now here's something that had me a little bit confused. Some versions have Beggar's Day, and some versions have Get the Fuck Out. I'm assuming Beggar's Day would have been like the retail version, and Get the yeah, Fuck the Out. Yeah, wa- the the Walmart been... Walmart wouldn't sell it, and so they had a censored version that just replaced the two songs. Yeah. Um, I mean. They're both they're both good songs. I don't have a yeah. problem with either one of them. Um, but you know, I I know the album is having "Get the Fuck Out" right there. Absolutely, I'm I'm the same. Um, although "Beggar Stays" really good too. Living also, on a chain gang. I I, I want to point something out. This this might this is a little taste into what I like about Sebastian Bach is. Um, and I don't know if these were his choices because like I I don't think he didn't write the lyrics as far as I know. Um. But he always had cool things he would do in the deliveries. And 
I just like the fact that in Get the Fuck Out, in the chorus, when it, when, when it drops out, he instead of like doing some kind of big yell or something else, he does that, get the fuck out. Like he does that. Yeah. And I was always like, that's why I love him, because he does things like that, where it's yeah. it's a little bit of his personality just like coming into the to the lyrics. And he does things yeah. like that, where whether, whether or not it's a sound that he makes in between lyrics or just a way of doing a particular line... He just does things in this way that is 100% Sebastian Bach, and I love it. So it's almost kind of Dave Mustaine that part, isn't it? It's like, fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> Watch him become a god. That's what right. Metallica said to him. <laughs> Get the fuck out. <laughs> Shit. Uh, love you, Dave. No, no, I, don't, I don't mean any disrespect. Um, I, I mean, I, I, Dave, I love half of the music that you did. <laughs> anyway <laughs> so we got uh, living on a chain gang which is also fucking rad mm. creep show creep show's got a funky edge to it uh, in a darkened room is a heart-wrenching power ballad about child abuse you know which you know i'm not e- i'm not even gonna try to make a a funny here it's just a sad song Really yeah. good song. Um, yep. Riot Act, probably the punkiest track on the album. Uh, and I remember playing along to it on my friend's bass because I figured out that because like the the notes are e, A, D, you could play it with like just open strings. I didn't even need yeah. like a hand over here. So I just spent the entire song going... I just realized you couldn't really see it. Uh, but yeah. He was making the metal horns with one hand while stroking his his member, his bass, with the other one. <laughs> Doing the rattlesnake shake with the other hand. Classic. Um, now, here we go. You get Mud Kicker, which is one of my favorite deep cuts. It's great. Heavy as fuck, dude. Yeah. Like, God, the riffage in this song kills. Super heavy. Uh, and Wasted Time is my favorite power ballad from Skid Row. Um, I, I love it's the great. way it closes. I love the way it closes the album out. There's a lot of really uh, cool. Also, a very interesting changes. closer. It's like yeah. uh, it's it, it's not what you would necessarily imagine as an album closer, but it it, it works really well. There's some cool like key changes in it, you know, it shifts yeah. to a major from a minor and there's a lot of it's like it's a really composed song. There's a lot of different parts in it. Yeah. Um but yeah. It's you know, it's one one of those things that, you know, we mentioned earlier that uh as well while it's on my mind, you know, how we mentioned like a decade stylistically might not be over until a few years into the next. Yeah. Um one of the greatest albums of the whole 80s metal era showing, you know, that hard rock still had a lot to say in the early 90s before MTV latched onto grunge as the next big thing. Um, yeah. You know, I really which, feel, which, though, that Sla- Slave to the Grind does feel like a step into the 90s, though. Like, that's... Yeah. That's the thing. It's like a it, bridge. It, yeah. It, it really does, like, feel like transitional... Um, and, and obviously, I don't think the band knew, uh, you know, what was going to be happening. But I think they did know that a lot of people wanted heavier stuff 
Cause you know, I mean, yeah. be, being a, a young person around that time, like that's what I was, that's what I was listening to. I was listening to heavier stuff. Um, and I think they themselves wanted that too. I think oh, they yeah, got their, yeah. I think they got their foot in the door being a glam band to start out with for, you know, for one of a better word. And then went, okay, we got a backlog of heavy shit. Time to drop that on them. See what they think. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they, they, they were, there's, there's, I, there's, on, there's like on, on a Headbangers Ball episode when they're doing like a tour update for Skid Row. Um, it's, it's Sebastian Bach in a hotel room blasting Slayer. And yeah. so clearly like, you know, they were into heavier shit and it just kind of came through in their music. Yeah. So that, that is wrapped up beautifully with a matching top three. Yeah. Is um, our, I, is our Skid Row ranking? I haven't said anything about this album. I, I do apologize. I, I have I, said I, quite I, a bit. I don't really yeah. have very much to add. <laughs> sorry, um, it just felt so natural. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Um, That's all right. Your yeah, turn. this album. Sorry. This album is fucking great. I just I, I I've already said it before. It's like a more mature Skid Row album, but still having that hard rock energy does feel like sort of a step into the new decade or whatever. Um, production's great. Um, honestly, like this is another one where while I like all the songs, it, this could have been a shorter album. They could have cut out some similar tracks. But once again, I don't know which tracks those would have been because um, they're all good. So um, so really, it's just the fact that it's long. And um, I've gotten I've gotten sort of to the point now where when I sit down, like if I'm sitting down in my room on a weekend and I spend some records, I always will avoid ones that are very long. Cause yeah. I'm just like, I play this thing. It's an hour and a half of my time. And I'm just like, you know, I've got to fucking turn shit over four times or whatever, you know, it's like, yeah. uh, it's a lot. Um, so that's, that's, that's like, like it, sorry, I was, I was just going to say, it's like, yeah. um, it's like when I go to listen to Unjustice for all, it's like two songs per side. It's like, God damn it. <laughs> like, I love this fucking album and I'm okay this with is that my one. favorite. Yeah. It's my favorite way to enjoy it, but fuck. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm with you on yeah, that. Yeah, any one. any Metallica album will will get my time, but that's just me. I'm I'm yeah. biased. But yeah, slave. I mean, slave to the grind, great album. Our matching top three, pretty great. Um, yeah, clearly, I don't like anything they've done since Sebastian Bach was kicked out of the band or whatever. Um, and also, also, there's no guarantee that if for some reason everything, all the stars aligned and they got back together, they could end up putting on an album and I could be like, this isn't very good. Cause I'm not, <laughs> I'm not one of those people that's just going to try really hard to like something. I'm hmm. going to be like, what is this? You know, it's, is this actually good or is, you know, or do I want it to be really good? Um, which I, yeah. I deal with in a lot of ways with a lot of my favorite bands. There's the albums where I have to be like, um, I got to give it up and say, this is not as good. Um, but I don't know that probably will never happen, but you know, Sebastian Bach rules anyway. So, uh, that's, uh, that's it for, uh, for, for skid row. Um, and as usual, whenever we ramp up a band, we celebrate by doing this three, two, one. Yeah, yeah we, we did it. Sorry. I, I overshot the note there. You want to do that again? <laughs> You were doing, you were being Sebastian Bach. You should just go. Yeah, you should just, <laughs> we did it. There you go. You should, just, you should just do that every time, and then we can like have a weird harmonizing thing where the high vocal and the low vocal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, just turn this into our own thing. And we've been using it so much that most people probably have no idea where it comes from anyway. So, <laughs> um, 
Anyway, all right. Yeah. Uh, that's it. So uh, I don't even remember what we're doing next time we do an episode, but I think we're doing another band um, and uh, probably another short one, I think, another short discography, if I remember right. But fuck, we'll find yeah. out when it happens. We're, um, we're, we're doing a thrash band, and it's, and it's one of the angel bands. Oh! I'm not going to specify which... Okay, uh, it's the band it, Angel from but, the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was going to say, uh, it, it, this, this is the best part, right? You ready? It's one of those 80s thrash bands that has Angel as the second word, and the first word starts Stop. with a B. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, uh, there you I'm, go. There you go. I'm going to leave it up to you guys. Toss to a coin. Blanks. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> All right, yeah, we'll be back and we'll be doing some thrashiness and it'll be fun because uh, I love thrash. And yeah. um, I love all of you guys, Peanut Butter Platypus. You guys are, are the shit. Um, all, a lot of you, I, I'm, I get more and more comments from people saying like, you know, they, they watch all of our stuff and really enjoy it. And I just keep those coming because that is, sometimes I get discouraged because, you know, it, you know, it, we're, we're on YouTube where there's people with hundreds of thousands of subscribers and they don't really do anything. And, yeah. and we put a lot of effort into our shit. So, fuck, I don't know. So I appreciate <laughs> it that we're it, we're we're it not feels just good. I, I, yeah. Yeah. And it feels it feels good to not just know that we're just here doing the rattlesnake yeah. shake with each other and <laughs> that you guys are enjoying it, too. Maybe you're rattlesnake shaking at home while you're watching us. If that's if that's what you Here's do. Here's one I made earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was almost obscene. Um, for the podcast listeners, it was a it was, there was a a lewd gesture from Mr. Eddie Sparks, Mr. Eddie Spunks <laughs> of cranked and wanked fame. Yeah. <laughs> All right. On that note, everybody, thank you very much for being here. Um, we'll see you next time. And as usual, I throw it over to Eddie Sparks to take us out. Later, dude. This party's over. Get the fuck out. Yeah.